Well, we're beginning a brand new series of talks today uh, that we've entitled Gravitate. And it's shaping the movement of our life. So here's what this comes down to. Leading up to Easter, we looked together at what we should believe. Remember why we should believe it and why it all matters, okay? So now that we've got a good understanding of what we should believe, why we should believe it, and why it all matters, we need to then now know how we should then live, okay? Because if you believe what it is you should believe, then there is a life that you should then live. It's like your belief system should affect your living system, right? It's actually what we call your theology, what you know about God, should impact your doxology, your worship of God. There should be this, the more you get to know how great he is, how good he is, the more you, you see him for who he is, the more your life is drawn into him and you worship him. Worship, friends, isn't just a moment found in a song. It's a movement of our lives, okay? And so there's this movement in our, in our lives that I want to talk to you about over the next several several weeks in a series that we've entitled Gravitate. How should we then live? So gravity, this is where I got this, my mind started thinking about gravity. And gravity in our, in our universe is the force that attracts, right? It's an attractional force between two masses. It's what draws one thing into another thing. Gravity is what holds your feet to the ground, right? Because you, the, the mass of who you are is drawn into the mass of the earth. It holds your feet to the ground. It's gravity that holds our, our moon into, in, in orbit around, around our earth. And it's gravity that holds our earth in orbit around uh, our, our sun. It's gravity working that holds our solar system all in perfect orbit around, around the, the sun. And without gravity holding all those things in place, there's chaos, right? Things get thrown out of their rhythm. They get thrown out of their sink. And you see, without, without gravity working in our universe, we're, we're, we have a mess. We'd all weigh a lot less. Come on, somebody. That'd be great. But we would, there'd be a mess, right? Because there's nothing actually holding us in place. You see, it's gravity that holds it all in place. And here's what I want you to understand, too is that in our lives, there's actually a type of gravity at work. There's a gravity at work in your life right now, and I need you to pay attention to it. And I'm going I'm to drill into it a little bit today and over the next several weeks together. You see, your life has the tendency to pull toward whatever you value most in life, whatever you love most in life, whatever you give most weight to, in your life, your life will tend to trend toward that, move toward that. Um, all of our lives are moving right now in some direction, and I can tell you it's moving in the direction of what you value most. So the question of what do you value most is actually a, a monumental question because what you value most is actually going to direct your life. You will gravitate toward that thing. And, 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 and our lives are never static. Do you understand that? Do you understand your life is never just static? It's always moving towards something. It's always gravitating toward, toward something. And, the, and what happens is your life begins to reflect that what you're gravitating toward. You start to look like the thing that you value most, okay? Because you start making decisions based on the thing that you value most. That's why if you value acceptance most, you will always ask the question, not what's right, not what's wrong, but will I be accepted? 
Will, will others value this decision? That becomes your driving force in life. And so what begins to happen is in, now instead of looking like an individual who stands for convictions, you start to look like the population. Because now you are drawn toward, the, you have this pressure of acceptance, and so you give yourself to acceptance. You don't look like an individual any longer. You look like that which you value most, acceptance. You start to look like the crowd, okay? If you, if you value your profession most or your, your job most, your decisions now, you ask questions like, uh, will it give me a promotion? Will it, will it help move me forward in my, my career? And everything is ran toward that. And your life, if you follow, everyone's life is gravitating toward something. Your life will start gravitating toward profession. And you start to look like that which you value. You, you, you throw yourself into that. If you value money most, you will ask the question, will it make me more money? And that becomes the, the filter through which your life is lived. And you will gravitate toward that which you value most, that which you love most. And we have a problem today. And this is what we want to address in the series. The problem is this is that we have allowed our lives to gravitate toward things that actually are not gravity worthy, that should have no gravitas, so to speak, in our life. They should have no weight in our life. But we give them so much weight in our life, they actually start to pull on us and they throw us actually out of orbit, so to speak. They move us out of the, 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 the system that we're meant to actually thrive in and live in because we're allowing things to pull on us that shouldn't be pulling on us. I wonder what it is for you. What are you allowing your life to gravitate toward? What have you allowed to be, be made uh, the biggest deal in your life? Lives are in disarray today and out of order simply because they've made the biggest deal out of things should, that should never be the biggest deal. Does that make sense? So what are you making a big deal of? Like, what's the big deal in your life? If it's the wrong thing, I'm going to tell you this, your life is in disarray. And you know it. You intrinsic, intrinsically sense it. You feel it. You know that there's a life you should be living that you're not living. Some of you come in here today like that. You, you've tried over and over again to, to move past something in your life that's been holding you back. But you can't find yourself moving past it. You've been hoping to see health in an area of your life or in a, in a relationship or even in your own finances or whatever it might be. But here's the thing, friend, is that if you don't have the right perspective, if you don't have the right value system, if you don't place in the center of your life that which is only worthy to be in the center of your life, God, then all of those things are out of whack in your life. And you'll never get it figured out until you put God at the center. See, when you believe what you should believe, what, like we looked at in the last series, then what happens is God becomes, he's, he's, the Bible calls it magnified in your life. Magnify the Lord. What's that mean? It just means let God be in your life as big as God is supposed to be in your life, right? Just let him be big. And when you believe what it is you should believe, God becomes big in your life. And now it's not like I'm striving toward God. It's just, no, because I've allowed him to be big. The movement of my life is naturally bent toward God. Why? Because I've allowed him to be big in my life. And now everything in my life is now revolving around and centering around God. And so the question is not, 
Will it make me more accepted? Will it make me more money? Will it move me forward in my arena of work? No, the question is, will it glorify God, right? Because he's now at the center of everything in my life. My life is now gravitating toward him and all those things. The Bible says, remember, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. What things? All the other things that everyone tries to put in the center of their life. If you place them at the center, you'll never actually have health. But if you put God at the center, all those things, they just fall into the right orbit. Is this all making sense? They, they all fall into, into place. It all starts to work. Friends, listen to me. I wonder what it's been for you. It's time, all of us, and I, I saw that part of this is just coming out of COVID and watching how it affected so many of my dear brothers and sisters and so many Christians walking through this thing, just kind of, it seemed like their life was, and guys, I'm not belittling it. We walk through chaos, but in the middle of chaos, every believer should have a strength that holds their life in balance in the middle of it. And when lives got thrown out of balance in the middle of it, it made me realize Maybe, just maybe, we were doing church and we were showing up to activity, but we weren't allowing in the midst of the activity for God to become the center of all that activity, right? That we were not allowing our lives actually to be centered around God. And that's what I want to help us do in this series. I want us healthy, spiritually healthy. I want you to be able to have anything thrown at you that this world can throw at you and you just remain steady and secure and sure and spirit-filled and hopeful and joyful because see, I've got something holding me in orbit that's not those things. Make sense, everybody? And I think if you're a believer, you're a Christian here, you're thinking to yourself, yeah, we know that. We know that our lives should gravitate Godward, right? Come on, amen. Uh, we know that our thinking, our living, our being should all, all move toward God. But the problem is this. Although we know that, and we sit in church and amen that. Come on, like amen, amen, like amen. We all know that. We walk out these doors and don't always experience that. Because it's really easy to let my life gravitate toward God when I'm sitting in church and Chris Dobb and the worship team's leading me in worship. I'm like, oh God, you're just big in my life. And everything gravitates toward you right now, right? And, and it just, it all just, it just feels right. It works. But then you walk out the doors and there's this thing called the world out there. And all of a sudden, it's like, I don't know how to, I'm now being pulled in all these directions and I don't know how to remain. Guys, listen. If we don't, as a church, learn to live out there what we're doing in here, it's, something's not right. Like, it's broken. We got to fix it, okay? Because what, what this is meant to do is, is to not be your all in all. This is not your end all, be all. This is just the, the getting around corporately to do what it is that you are to learn to do individually, you see, I want you to know how to worship when there's no lights on and, and there's no microphones and there's no Chris Dobb or Carmina in the room or Dustin Lally. Like when they're not in the room, you should know how to worship. I want you to know how to feast on God's word when Pastor Chris is on stage brilliantly opening up 
his word to you, right? Because listen, if you don't learn that in your life, you can, you can try all you want. But your life will always be in disarray. Because what this is meant to do is just to be a corporate expression of what the individual is meant to live on a daily basis, okay? That you make God big in your life, not just on Sunday, but every single day of your life. Can I get a better amen? Like, that's why I get, I get so frustrated. Can I just go on a little, little tangent for a second? Sitting in my notes, it's just a tangent, just frustrated. When people say, well, you know, they, 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 I've had it. They come here and they go, well, I was over at such and such church and I was going there for a long time and I left. I'm like, oh, you left, why'd you leave? Well, I just wasn't getting fed. I'm like, oh, and that's your pastor's responsibility. Like, where did we get in our Christian walk where we think, it's the pastor's job. He, I, I show up on Sunday, I said, just feed me. Listen, you are, <laughs> I'm telling you guys, like, like you see Sunday, like, bloop, 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 like you're supposed to, and you go through the week and let it all out or something. Like, what, what is that? No, your, your pastor's job, yeah, he points you to God's word and he's got, all I can do, listen, I can't change your life. There's no message I could ever preach that's good enough to change your life. What God wants to do is change your life and it's not gonna happen on Sunday morning. There's, I can't preach a good enough message that your life is just forever. Like every, what I have to do, what we have to do is you've gotta become a self-feeder. You've gotta know how to feed yourself. You've gotta know. Yes, come on, I'm not trying to belittle my, I'm not telling you that, hey, you know, I'm just gonna kind of give up on what I do around here. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you this is a part of, this is a corporate expression of what you then are to take into, the, into your life individually. Because until you do, you're actually missing out on everything God wants to bless you with. We all right so far? Amen. Gravitate. See, you make God big. And I think everyone kind of understands that. Like, that would be great. But how do I hold up under the pressures that are out there and all the other masses, so to speak, that are, that are trying to draw me in? Okay? Like, how do I orchestrate my life? You know, how do I do this? How on earth do I get that? How do I get there? Even if I want it, I get in church and I want it. I want it. I want my life to fall toward God. I want my life to gravitate around God and toward God. I want, how do I get it? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Because that's what this is all about. And can I show it to you over in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8? Are you ready? I hope you love me after this, everybody. It says, having nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. Someone say, train yourself. Train Someone tell your neighbor, train yourself. Tell your other neighbor that you chose second for whatever reason. Train yourself. Train yourself. Train yourself. Watch this. Train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, just some value, come on, amen, just, just some value, right? This is the verse I pull out when Tatum asks me to exercise with her. I say, <laughs> the Bible says, baby, that it's just some value. Like, that's not a big deal. You can go exercise at the gym, but I'm going to train myself, and I'm working out in other ways. See, godliness is of value in every way. It's more important than your physical exercise as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. There is promise over your life right now 
that will only be realized, obtained, walked in, stood upon through the training of yourself in godliness, through you exercising a little. I told you guys when we started this, we're all going to exercise a little bit. And we're going to over the next several weeks. We are going to exercise, train ourselves in godliness so we can grab hold of these promises in the present life. See what scripture is saying? This isn't just about heaven. You're saved and going to heaven, but there's some training you need right now in order to grab a hold of the promises of God that he has for you right now. Can I get a better amen? Amen. Right? See, exercise, train. I don't like those words, right? It's the effort that you exert. It's something you do to move yourself toward a goal. Like if I want to be ripped, you guys have heard me talk about this. If I want to be ripped someday, I can't just hope for it. I have tried to hope for it. And I tell you, as much as I hope for it, I will never obtain it until I work. So say work. Work toward it. It doesn't happen. I remember when UFC came out. Like, like back in the day, like we all would gather around. You'd pay a whole bunch of money for pay-per-view to watch UFC fights. And I'd watch this thing. I'm like, dang, man. I want to take my shirt off and look like that someday, right? <laughs> and I had, Tatum went out and she bought me weights. And she's like, yes, that sounds good, right? <laughs> Here you go, right? And can I tell you, I picked them up like one time, <laughs> like just one time. And I was like, those are heavy. <laughs> and I therefore am not ripped. <laughs> because as much as I hope for it and I am inspired toward it and I show up to church on Sunday and I watch and I go, ooh, I can, I, unless I get into some kind, come on, some kind of regiment, some kind of regular movement in my life of exercising or training in godliness, unless I get into some kind of routine, I'm never actually going to obtain the goal for which I've set out to obtain. You see, I've got to exercise. I've got to, I've got to train. And just as much as that is true, you guys, physically, it's true spiritually. No Olympian ever gets to... It's the Olympics by waking up hoping for it. They train for it. They do things that others are not willing to do to get to places that others will never go. And I'm telling you, there are promises of God over your life that you will, we move into. And I'm not talking about heaven. Understand that. You're going to heaven. If you've given your life to Jesus, your salvation happens in a moment. But your growth and your maturity and your walking in the promises of God, it's a process, okay, of you growing toward those things. So just as much as that is true in the physical, it's, it's true in, in the spiritual. Here's what you need to understand in the series. The fact that you can't just hope that your life moves Godward. You can't just hope that you'll become more godly. You can't just hope that you'll move deeper and deeper into all that he has. You can't just hope that you'll experience more and more of the promise of God in your life. I, just as much as I can't hope that I'll be ripped someday and become ripped someday. There has to be a little more than you hoping. There has to be a little more than you being inspired on a Sunday morning. There is the discipline. Work, right? Train, Some of your Bibles say, 
exercise yourself in godliness or toward godliness, okay? So in this series, what I want to do is I want to talk to you guys about some spiritual disciplines. I want to talk to you about practices found in Scripture that help everything in our lives move toward godliness. So we practice godliness. We grow in godliness. Just things that we build into the fundamentals of our life that move us Godward, that keep God big and in the center. And what? And listen to me, friends. I'm not talking about you um, growing and developing and changing because you're striving. I'm not asking you to go here and strive. What I'm asking you to do is to, to over these next several weeks, open yourself up to allowing God to take center stage in everything in your life and some practices that help that have some biblical practices taught in the Bible, practiced by Jesus, right? That begin to help your heart just fall more and more in love with who God is and your life to naturally fall and gravitate t- more toward who God is in every aspect of, of your life, okay? I wanna help you in this series move toward godliness, train toward godliness, and as you do, your life will move. It, it will just start to move. You follow me so far? Come on, you with me? So let me talk to you about how it moves. I'm not gonna start with the things that we're gonna look at in this series, but I tell you this, just, we're gonna make it very practical. I want you to walk in and go, I can do that. Matter of fact, I, not only can I do that, I wanna do that, I like that. that. I want you, it's not like, I don't know, oh, you're giving us all this stuff to do. No, it's like, I want you going like, oh my gosh, why wasn't I doing that before? Like, I could do that. There really is some, some practices you can put in your life. that You should love this stuff. Like, it's not like, you know, I hate exercising physically. I, I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it, as you can tell. I don't like it. But spiritual disciplines are things that as you get into them, you go, man, this just, the way that this impacts my life is of such great magnitude that I, why wasn't I why wasn't I doing this before? What, what I was missing out this whole time. Like, I really believe there's a lot of us missing out. And I just want to invite you in to how this is actually meant to be lived out and played out in life. And as you do, as you learn to build these disciplines in your life, let me, let me tee you up for, for the rest of our time together. Again, I'm not going to give you any of them today, but I want you hungry, all right, to come back for next week, all right? So, so here's what this is going to do in your life. Three quick things. Write these down because I want you to understand this. First of all, when you start to build these spiritual disciplines that we're going to talk about, they're going to they're move your life into resolve. It moves you into resolve. And that is so important. I'm talking about why. You gotta, it moves your life into resolve. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses, verses, starting verse 20, Philippians 3. It says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we eagerly are waiting for him to return as our Savior. Okay? So here we are postured in, in waiting for, for the Lord. It goes on. He will take our weak and mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. Here's what scripture is saying. Someday you're going to get to heaven. Someday this weak body is going to be changed into that immortal body. You're going, to, you're going to shed away from this body of sin and death and step into your heavenly body. But between now and then, Stay true to the Lord. Between now and then, Scripture's saying there's going to be all these different pressures on your life, different things fighting for your love and fighting for your adoration and fighting for your affection. 
It's going to be a lot of things trying to win your heart. And in the midst of all that, Scripture says, between now and that day, you remain true to the Lord. You stay committed to the Lord, resolved to let your life gravitate toward the Lord. You see, when I'm training in godliness, when I put spiritual disciplines into my life, it leaves me no room to follow after other things. What begins to happen in my life when I place these disciplines in my life is that the momentum of my life just gravitates Godward because there's a resolve in me now. You say to yourself, no, not that. I don't need this anymore. I don't even want that anymore. My appetites are changing. My desires are changing. And I'm moving Godward now. Why? Because there's a resolve in me. It's the same thing if you were going to exercise uh, physically. In order to actually make it, past a week or two, there'd have to be some resolve inside of you, right? I am resolved to get to the Olympics. I am resolved, right? And what these spiritual disciplines do is it helps you, it helps you actually have a little bit of resolve in your life. And, and Christians, listen to me, we need that right now. You need some resolve all up inside of you. Like, no, I belong to God. I'm not, I'm not flirting around with any of this other. I don't even need it. My life is his. You see, the disciples were resolved, Amen. Like the disciples, it tells us that they left their nets to follow Jesus. Do you know what that means? They, they said to themselves, what was once so important to us, fishing, our livelihood, our everything, is now no longer so important to us. Because Jesus is now the center. I'm going to, I'm going to leave, put all this as secondary in order to put him in the place of first. There's a resolve inside of them to now follow after Jesus. And you guys, we need that same resolve today. The problem today is that so many are not quite resolved yet. They're, they're not willing to say, I'm all in. They want a little of Jesus and a little of their nets, right? A little of, of, of the old way and of the old life. It's like what Elijah was dealing with in 1 Kings 18. He calls, calls all the people of Israel to Mount Carmel. And there's 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asher. And in 1 Kings 18, this is what he says to them. Elijah stood in front of all of them and said, how long are you gonna waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. Like he's, he's Elijah's like, come on everybody. Stop messing. Like if, if the Lord is God, then go for it. If Baal is God, then go for it. Stop trying to have both and. You need a little resolve. And what spiritual disciplines do is they, you get you up in the morning and you go, I'm just resolved. I'm leaning in with all the energy of my life into what God has for me. Gravitating toward God. I'm not going to let myself be pulled by these other things. So today, so many are going to say, you know, I want heaven and I want all God has for me but I also want to be lazy when it comes to my spiritual growth. Well, <laughs> you can't have both. I want all God has for me but I, and make him center, but I also want to have, you know, money be the center of my life. Well, you, you can't, you gotta resolve. So that when I asked you earlier, what is at the center? What are you gravitating toward? If you're allowing that thing to 
be what's driving you every day, you'll, ne- you'll, you'll always miss out on what God has for you in the midst of your day. And I just want you to wake up to the fact that God's got more for you than what your job has for you during your day. Like God's got more for you than what's in your bank account has for you in the day. Like God's got more. You know, Paul lived a life of adventure. Like it was just like his life was not boring. Like his life was incredible and God was using it every way. And, and, and it's not like Paul woke up and said, I'm going to go make my life adventurous. No, Paul just said, I just want to love God every day and let God use me every and gravitate my life toward God every day. And God told wonderful stories through Paul and through these giants in the faith because they woke up and just said, God, we want everything you have for us every single day. I'm resolved, Paul said it this way, to press on toward that which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. I'm gonna lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Every day God has said, I just wanna lean into everything you got. You grabbed a hold of my life for a reason. I want all of it. And Paul said, Paul actually called it a pressing on to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. There was a pressing in him. Sounds a lot like working out, right? It sounds a lot like training. Paul said, I just press, I just press. Hey, I'm not impressed with your bench press. Right, you gotta have this holy press. Does that make sense? So, so Christians are living with feet in two worlds today. And resolve is gonna help you because what happens, and some of you are in this place, is you end up with too much of the world to be satisfied in God and too much of God to be satisfied in the world. So you're miserable because you're satisfied nowhere. And what disciplines do, what, what training does, is it actually resolves you to say, I'm all in. Like, there's an ocean for you to sail into, and you'll never know the depths of that ocean and where it is God can take you if you keep trying to remain tethered to the shore in your life. And it's, it's, it, it's these, this intentional pressing into God not just on Sunday, but learning this in our lives that, that cut you from what it is you've been tethered to and allow you to sail out into everything that God has planned for you. And I'm telling you, there is, there are, God wants to move you into the deep, amen? So it brings about resolve in our life. We're gonna be resolved, amen, church? We are church, we are people, we are resolved, amen? Can I get a better amen? amen. Resolved, so here's what else it does. Let me give you two more real quick. It moves us into what I, what I call transformation. So these spiritual disciplines move us into transformation. Galatians 4.19 says this. My little children from whom I labor and birth again until what? Christ is formed in you. The whole purpose of Paul's preaching that what he was leaning into, what God had called him to do, what the Spirit of God is actively at work in your life desiring to do is to see Christ formed in you to see your life transformed, to see your life changed. God's ultimate goal is not simply to forgive you and get you to heaven, okay? God's goal is the transforming of your life into the very image of Christ between now and the day you see him face-to-face in heaven. There's this desire God has to see Christ formed in you. In other words, God wants to give you victory over the places you keep getting stuck. God wants to give you victory over the places where you're just making bad choices, right? And maybe some of you have said to yourself, well, it's just the way I am. I'm not gonna be this way forever. I, was, I love it when you know, people, well, I was born this way. We don't have to stay that way. See, the gospel can move your life, transform your life. 
inviting God to be the center of everything every day will transform your life. How? Philippians 2, 12 to 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out. Right? Paul's going, hey, I love that when we show up to church and y'all are with me, you're working out. I love that you're all leaning in. I love that everyone's pressing in when you're with me. But now, in my absence, as much as you were when we was doing church, I need you to work out. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. He says, work it out. What is Paul saying? He's going, is he talking about salvation? No. No, he's not talking about salvation. He's not saying to you, work for your salvation. Go work really hard to get saved. He's going, no, now that you have salvation, get yourself working out the depths of that salvation, experiencing all the totality of what salvation has for you because it's more than just forgiveness, friends. It's more than just heaven. It's the transformation of your life on a daily basis as you gravitate toward everything God has for you and it happens as you work it out. Someone say, work it out. You gotta, he says, it's gonna, you're gonna press into this. You're gonna work it out. See, there are, this is so important because some of you are so frustrated because you thought that you would make a decision, one decision, and it's a, making a decision is important, but then that everything in your life is gonna change on a decision. Please understand this. Your decision to give your life to Jesus anchors you into heaven in that one moment, but the transformation of your life is a process that you engage in of allowing the Spirit of God that is now in you, giving you the will, see this? God that works in you both to will and to do, God is gonna give you the will and he's gonna give you the power to do for his good pleasure. Like God's like, I've teed you up here. I've set you up. I've got the Spirit of God whispering to you now, there's more for you. I've got greater for you. That's why when you give your life to Jesus and you try to go back to what it is you used to enjoy, it's now more miserable than it used to be, right? Because there's a, the spirit of God is in you going, ah, that's not you. That's not you. And a lot of us sit there and go, I know it shouldn't be me, but it is me. And God's going, no, it's not you. It's not you. How am I ever gonna see change? Work it out. See, you've spent your whole life thinking you're just gonna go make it work. And you... There's rare things in life that you can just make work. I don't think anything in life you can just make work. You don't just make it work. You have to work it out. Everything in life that you now do, it's you're doing because you committed yourself to a process of working it out. You didn't, you didn't give up, and some of you have, because you tried to make it work and it didn't work, so I don't do it anymore. You wouldn't be walking today if that was your approach to life, right? If you got up and you, you, your parents were trying to teach you to walk, and you're one of those kids, you took three steps and fell over trying to walk from mom to dad or whatever it was, and you fell over and, and you were just a quitter. I, I can't make this work. Like you quit, you'd never be walking. What you had to do is you get up, mom and dad picked you up, they washed you off and they got you going again, 
right? You, you started working it out. You didn't learn to ride your bike without working it out. You had to practice this thing called training wheels. Some of y'all got training wheels on spiritually. That's great. Now, listen, you got to keep that bike going forward. You got to pedal. You got to work it out. So get the training wheels off, and then we're going to move forward. And there's this, this process, you see? So you got to commit yourself to working it out over making it work. I love to talk about when I talk about the trapeze artists. Like, you look at those people doing those incredible things up however high in the air, and, and I tell you something, they didn't just make that work. They didn't just go like, hey, today I'm going to do four backflips and a twist, grab onto the other guy, and right? That doesn't just happen. You know how they get there? They work it out. They don't just make it work, they work it out. And they get up there, they read the manual, okay, how do we do, okay, that's what, Michiko, I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to put energy, to, I'm going to work it out. And they go and they flip and they, they miss and they fall. Oh no, they're not going to make it up. And there's this net that catches them called grace. And says, go try it again. If they got caught in the net, they went, I'm never going to be a trapeze artist. We would never have any. But they, wait, they get to say, I'm going I'm to work it out. Matter of fact, if there wasn't a net, we wouldn't have any trapeze artists. <laughs> That's what grace is for. As you're there trying to work it out, and you're figuring, and you're just, I'm going to lean in, it just catches you. It goes, it's okay, Chris. I mean, you know, let's, let's, grace washes you. Climb back. Let's go try it again. I don't just quit. See, you've been trying to make things work that will only happen in your life as you work it out. And these spiritual disciplines help you to start seeing actual transformation in your life. Because now I'm not just, I left church and I tried once, right? Now you're like, oh, I get it. There's grace and process and truth and, and I'm learning, I'm growing. And if you can grab hold of this stuff in your life, friends, you will start to actually see real transformation in your life because you're saying yes to the Spirit of God in your life. You're making God the center, and your life now starts gravitating toward. Everything starts pulling Godward in your life because you've learned how to make him center in everything, friends. And I'm telling you, there is no greater life than the life that is just learned to work it out. It enables you to do things that making it work could never do in your life. If today you've given up because you've messed up, you need to get up and realize it's not over for you. Work it out. Like keep going, lean in, come back next Sunday, let me teach you about the things God wants to structure inside your heart. The enemy's greatest tool is to tell you while you're down, you're, you're never gonna get up. You'll never get past this thing. You'll never, you'll never experience the promises of God. You'll never, and I'm here to tell you today, yes, you will, and yes, you can, and, and God, by his spirit, is gonna whisper it to you. The church is gonna come alongside you. Your pastor's gonna help teach you and train, and we're gonna, we're gonna walk together so you can exercise godliness and realize the promises of God in your life right now. It can happen, and I've watched it over and over again. The last one is this. So it moves us into resolve. So important. I'm not one foot on shore and one foot on the boat. I'm like all into what God's called me to. It moves me into transformation. I, I, I now am actually stepping into the process that, of transformation that God has intended. And here's the last thing is, is it moves us into freedom. There are gonna be some people being set free over these next several weeks together as a church. 
And I'm praying that every single one of you experiences some type of freedom in your life over these next several weeks together as you lean into these things that the Bible teaches us that I don't hear a whole lot about. Jesus came on a mission to set you free. Do you know that? John 8.36 says this. John 8.36 says, if the Son sets you free, you're going to be free indeed. There's true freedom that God wants to give to every single one of us. Do you ever ask yourself this question? Free from what? He came to set me free. Free from what? John 8, 31 to 34. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. If you're working some things out in my life, in your life, make a whole message right there. You are truly my disciples if you're, if you're working some things out in you. You're faithful to my teachings. Disciple, even the word means discipline, disciple. There's, the root word is discipline. It is training. It is like if you're training toward what I have in your life. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen? But they, but we are the descendants of Abraham, they said. Go on. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus said this, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. <laughs> you know what God wants to set you free from? Sin. God wants to set you free from sin. See, as you bring these spiritual disciplines into your life, as you learn to train toward godliness, to let your life gravitate Godward, you start to find yourself being set free from things that once held you in bondage, free from things that once held you down and under and in oppression. You start to find yourself breathing oxygen again in your life because no longer am I a slave to the sin. I've been actually set now free from the sin as I've been training in godliness and learning and growing. Now my life is gravitating toward God. You see, he wants to set you free from sin. You and I need to know the truth, you guys, about sin. The truth is it will promise you the world and it'll always leave you as a slave. It'll promise you fullness and it'll always leave you empty. It leaves you trapped. That's what sin does. Romans 6.16 says this, do you not know that if you present yourself to anyone as ob obedient slaves, you are slaves of that one whom you obey? In other words, whatever you present yourself to, whatever you allow to be biggest in your life, you end up becoming slave to that thing. That's what scripture's saying. You're either gonna be a slave of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, of training, of practice, right? Which leads to righteousness, godliness, holiness. So he's saying your life is either going to be a slave to sin, or your life is going to be a slave given over, yes to, submitted to, Righteousness, godly living. What makes the difference? Which one are you presenting yourself to? You present yourself to sin, you'll be a slave to sin. You present yourself daily and every moment to God, 
What do you have for your life? You, my friends, will be transformed because now you are committed to, you are a slave to, you are yes to, right? Godly living in, in righteousness. This is what God does in your life. So today, we can be gravitating toward any number of things, right? But I'm telling you, if it's not God that you're ultimately gravitating toward, then those things, then those other things, they, they've become sin because you're holding them above God in your life. You're making them more valuable to you than God in your life. So the big question for you right now is, where am I trying to find fulfillment? Come on, where are you trying to find fulfillment? Come on, please. Is it, is it in vocation? Is it in appearance? Is it in what others think of me? Is it in what, like, where are you trying to find fulfillment? Our fulfillment can only come from God. Our fulfillment can only come when I wake up and I go, I don't care. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what I do, but it's nice, but it doesn't matter. What matters is, does it glorify God? What, it, what do you want from me? What, what would you have for me? I, I just want to say yes to you. Come on, let's make sense in everything in my life. So sin is going to promise you um, renewal, but it's always going to leave you ruined. But every life ruined by sin can ultimately be restored by Jesus. It's you daily saying yes to Jesus. Romans 6, 17 and 18. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, slaves to all these other pressures in my life, right? You have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. There's a movement in your life of obedience toward that which you're learning. It's what discipleship is, remember, right? Docile, ready, and willing to learn. Pulse, moving on that which I've learned. Now that there's this movement in your life, right? It's claimed your millions. You have therefore been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Your, your life has changed and it's transformed now. You have true freedom. Freedom will be experienced in your life. Come on. You just keep saying yes to Jesus. Don't get discouraged going, well, I should be over there, but I'm really right here. Well, you can't get over there unless you step right there. And some of you are just so discouraged. I'm never going to make it. Yes, you will. Take the step. I'm never going to see that. You know, it's like, I, I love the illustration. I promise I'll close with this. <laughs> Not that you want me to. Come on, you're like, keep going. I love it, right? But the illustration of, 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 of a tree falling and, and somebody with an axe, you can go out there on one day and go, I'm going to take this tree down and with your axe and you're going, going and you're, you're hitting and you're, you're working. And if you go at it like that and it's a big old tree that needs to come down and you're like, you're going to get tired, you're going to give up, you're going to quit and say, I can't do this. I never, I'll never do it. And you just quit. This is where a lot of people are today. But I want to train you. Hey, don't go at it like that. Don't leave church going, oh, I'm going to get it. I'm going to just, like, here's what I want you to do. You leave here going, I'm going to go take that. I'm going to swing at it once today. Then I'm going to get it the next day. And I'm going to swing at it again and get it the next day. And I'm going to swing at it again. And this has become a, a 
pattern in my life, a training in my life. This is an exercise in my life. This is something I'm doing every day, recentering my life on God, what he has for me. And every day, and you watch, my friends, what you thought was impossible because you went out there trying to make it. Now you start to see these things fall, giants fall fall in your life because you simply say yes to the simple things God's called you to do daily in your life. Come on, everybody. We train toward godliness. And so, friends, we're going to go on a journey together, right? You with me? And we just watch God grow us in every single way. And I can't wait for you to experience everything God has for you as you lean into this in, in this series. It's going to be a ton of fun. And he's going to, you're going to have some resolve. You're going to see your life transformed. And you see your life be set free. Okay? We get some old school, old school Christianity all up in our lives, right? Like just some old school discipline and walking with God. And, and it's fun. I'm telling you, it's not like, oh, I got it. Like this stuff is, is joyful. Well, some of you today, you need to take the first step. And that's just resolving and saying, yes, God, I'm done. Done playing games and having a foot here and a foot there. I just want to, I want to lean into and experience what you have for my life. I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to him right now in these moments as we close.